Welcome to The Recovery Show. I'm Spencer, and right now I'm standing in the middle of the Bonneville Salt Flats. It's not the best place to record a whole show, so instead I'm going to share with you an early episode, but one of my favorites on Step 2. We'll be back next week with a uh, show with Akila talking about concepts 8, 9, and 10. Enjoy. See you next week. Welcome to The Recovery Show. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we and our guests may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of Step 2. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Kelly, and I will be your host today. Joining me is co-host Swetha. How are you today, Swetha? Fine. Thanks, Kelly. And next to Swetha is co-host, special guest host, Spencer. How are you doing, Spencer? Hey, I'm great. All right, good. Uh, the first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic, Step 2, which is, uh, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Following a musical break, we'll talk about our lives in recovery and about what's happening in the meetings we attend. And we'll follow that with a brief news about the podcast before closing with another musical break. So we'll start with um, introducing step two for those who don't know what it is. And step two says, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And actually, I wanted to start you guys off with a reading that I found in an Al-Anon text called Courage to Change. And it says, anyone who watched my interactions with the alcoholics in my life probably would have considered me the crazy one. I was the one who searched from bar to bar, made scenes in public places, and got hysterical over the littlest things. I was also the one who agonized over the alcoholic's behavior, lied, made apologies and excuses, and resented everything I was doing. Was this sane? Elanon was the first place where I ever thought to question my own sanity. I found that I couldn't overcome the effects of this disease by force of will or reason. As they say, my best thinking got me here. But Al-Anon's second step suggested that a higher power could restore me to sanity. I knew that I felt more rational in Al-Anon meetings than I did at any other time, and so I turned for help to the power that seemed to flow through those meetings. From time to time, I still have my irrational moments, but I no longer blame my erratic behavior on anyone else. I now know exactly where to turn when I'm ready to find sanity once more. So, I think it's kind of important, guys, um, in addition to the reading, to start off by kind of breaking down the step. And something that we talk about often is just the definition of what it means to us, uh, the idea of came to believe, because it's it's kind of presents itself as sort of a, a process or an ongoing thought. So, um, Spencer, I don't know if you... Um, yeah, so uh, when I was fairly new in Al-Anon, um, I was in a step study group uh, with uh, several people, and one of the people in the group had been in the program for a long time, and, and she explained, uh, sort of coming to believe in this way, she said, look at the first three words of the step, and first we start with came, and that's what we did at the beginning, we just <clears throat> came, and that's what I did at the beginning, I came to meetings. I came to meetings, and I felt better, I didn't really know why. Um, and I started, then I started to listen. I started to sort of wake up and starting to hear the message and I came to, um, and as I was listening and as, as my life started to, my insanity started to, to, to lessen just, just from listening to what people said in meetings and maybe starting to pick up some of those tools and apply them in my life. Um, I started to come to believe that the Al-Anon program could help me. Uh, and uh, and that uh, the rest of the step, 
um, I could I could possibly start to latch on to the rest of what it says in that step, which is that came to believe that, that there was a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity because I was starting to be restored to sanity. And I didn't know what that power might be. I didn't have a whole lot of trouble believing there could be a power greater than me. Um, but uh, my struggle, and I think we'll talk about this some more, my struggle was what what might that power be? Sure. So I thought, what about you? What about coming to believe? What does that mean to you? Um, I think at the at the time that I did step two, um, I think I talked about this before in other podcasts, but for me it was, um, and, and somebody said this also in one of my meetings this week, that I was, for me, I was doing such a complete crap job <laughs> of taking care of myself and um, had been making choices in my life that didn't actually result in anything positive for me. I was forcing a lot of solutions and things like that. So um, coming to believe in a power greater than myself uh, was pretty easy. <laughs> I felt like almost anything was a power greater than myself sometimes um, because I did feel a lot like a victim when I came to the rooms. So um, coming to believe in a power greater than myself that <clears throat> had a positive influence on my life was not that difficult. One of my um, One of my friends actually told me early on in the program that um, he was an ER scribe and he said he was just having a terrible day and, uh, uh, a, an active drug user came into the ER and he was high as a kite and, um, my friend, uh, was, ups- was upset and somehow ended up telling him all his problems. And the, the, this guy told him something that helped him feel better. I think he just said, was like, he just said something like the equivalent of one day at a time. And he looked at me and said, Swetha, that day, an active drug user was my higher power. So <laughs> it's not that hard to find a higher power. It's just something that restores you to sanity. And um, later when I was working the steps with my sponsor and things like that, um, I remember her mentioning one time that for her, sometimes she'll look at the sunset and that's her higher power. It's just whatever restores you to sanity. So that's kind of how I, I came to believe even little things that restored me to sanity. That's that's what it, step two was for me until I could latch onto it a day of a bigger, higher power, more constant one, which we'll probably talk about later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of um, on the same page as you guys. I mean, came to believe to me was a little bit of a relief because when I first came to the program, I had no definition of a higher power. And so this these those first three words in the step kind of gave me permission to take my time with my belief in higher power and uh, and that allowed it to be a really organic process instead of feeling like i had to force myself to do something that felt really foreign and uncomfortable and something that i've also heard in meetings about the idea of coming to believe is that even when um even when people can't come to believe on their own uh, that sometimes they're able to trust the process that other people believe and that they can see other people having faith in something and that allows them to be, to believe if that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I, I did really appreciate that, that it allowed it to be a process and it wasn't something that I had to do right away before I could continue on through the steps. Um, so in addition to came to believe, I guess we should sort of address the second part of the step, uh, and sort of explaining to the listeners what it means to us when we say higher power or a power greater than ourselves. So, Swetha, oh, put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like I said, early early on, um, when I first came to the program, I for me, higher power was, in that moment, whatever could help me feel better. If that was a, a memory of something, or I could even focus on maybe how pleasant the weather was instead of stressing about um, stressing about whatever it is that I had no control over. And or a gratitude list, um, things like that were my higher power. It was very quick, temporary thing. Like right now, I mean, someone told me once that a doorknob can't be your higher. You can have whatever is your higher power as long as it's not a doorknob. But sometimes, sometimes seeing that there's a doorknob there so that I could leave the room <laughs> was my higher power. 
And um, I like that. Yeah, and so it was my higher power in the beginning used to be small things that gave me serenity. It was a, I was did a very literal translation of that. A higher power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. So whatever restored me to sanity in that moment was my higher power. And um, as I worked on the step more and started getting used to that more, I started developing a, uh, an idea of like a loving force that sort of sent me those moments of clarity, sent me the um, self, self-awareness, self I guess, to be able to say, hey, I'm not feeling serene right now. Something is going on. I'm stressing out. I'm going to focus on something else, realize that I'm not in control and be thankful for these other things. Um, like my my dog recently, I found out she needs to have surgery and rather than stressing about her surgery, which I can't control anything there. All I can do is take her to the doctor and pay the bill and take care of her after. Um, can't control whether or not she needs the surgery. And um, a year ago this time, I would be freaking out and calling everyone I know and complaining and like, why is this happening to me? And this time I was like, okay, well, I'll go get a second opinion. It's going to be okay. And my higher power now is this loving force that is I, helps me be aware of that and be able to make that distinction and then just be thankful that, you know, that I can afford to take my doctor to the hospital and can afford good care for her and um, be grateful for that. So that's, that's what my higher power is now. And before it would just be just the thought that I could. So okay. yeah, what about you, Spencer? Well, I have to say um, that when I came into Al-Anon um, and I think one of the reasons that I resisted, coming to Al-Anon, coming to any 12-step program for a long time, was the word God that appears in so many of the steps. Right. I mean, the word actually doesn't appear till the third step, but that second step, you know, I looked at that and I said, oh, God. That is, uh, it, and it literally, oh, God. <laughs> uh, because, um, you know, I, I grew up uh, in the Unitarian faith tradition, which encourages us to uh, question and to find our own truth. And, and, I didn't see any reason for God. I certainly didn't see any reason for God as our society traditionally presents him. Um, and the word him there is, is a clue. Okay. Um, you know, him with a capital H. Uh, I, I couldn't deal with that, that, uh, that as a friend of mine in the program puts it, that boogeyman in the sky, <laughs> that judgmental God who created everything and controlled everything. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, believe uh, in that. And and I still don't believe in a judgmental God who controls everything. Uh, But that image of God um, closed out a lot of other possibilities for me. Um, And uh, so when I came to the, to, to Al-Anon, you know, that was, that was a real um, sticking point for me. And I, and I had to, um, and, and I think as I said earlier, what I, what, what happened was that that, and as, as you've said, you know, I started to feel better. Um, I started to be restored to sanity and like, well, what's going on there? Um, I started to hear wisdom in the rooms and I started to understand that just at the beginning, maybe just the Al-Anon group, the program itself was a power greater than me, uh, a power that could help restore me to sanity. Um, and you know, I, I, I struggled with this and, and it was, uh, you know, worked on it, um, in my step study group and my AWOL group. And, uh, there were a number of things that, that came, I don't know if people said them, probably people said them. Um, I'm sure I wouldn't have thought of them on my own. Um, one of the things that really helped me was realizing that, you know, I didn't have to have a mental picture of my higher power. I didn't have to personify my higher power. I didn't have to know where my higher power lives, how my higher power acts. Um, I just had to believe that there there is a higher power um, and that that higher power can guide me to better a better life. Uh, and you know that's sort of where I am now. I mean I have I have my my higher power has attributes, I guess. Um, I find my higher power speaking to me mostly through other people. I feel my higher power more strongly. I feel God. I'm going to say God because I can say that word now. I couldn't say that word. Um, I feel God very strongly um, at times. And it, it is often in the presence of other people. Um, walking into an Al-Anon meeting, I feel a presence in the room that is not just me and the other people. 
Uh, and, uh, and, and so I, I, I call that God. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's where I am now. I wish there was a way to record our heads nodding because the whole time Spencer is talking, we're just, our heads are bobbing up and down. <laughs> um, I did want to kind of piggyback on what you said, Spencer, about the idea of defining your higher power. I feel like I hear a lot in meetings people who get hung up on this step or even step three because they feel that they have to figure out what exactly their higher power is, what it looks like, um, how, how, you know, how it acts and, and sort of really getting stuck on this idea of defining exactly what it is. And, you know, I do think having, for me personally, at least having not grown up with any definition of a higher power that I really had an advantage there because I didn't have any obstacles to overcome. Like Spencer had mentioned that sort of dominating mm-hmm. God that is referred to in some religions um, that that could be a major obstacle for people to overcome where I was just coming from a total blank slate. And so I could just have it be whatever it is. And um, I sort of agree with both of you that, I, you know, I'm not really sh- sure still to this day after six years in the program what my higher power is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what shape it takes. I don't know if it's a he or a she. Um, I don't know any of that stuff, and that's okay because it still performs its duty mm-hmm. without having those um, those limitations on it. And um, uh, I also do think that um, you know it's it is important to touch on that topic of people being turned off by the use of the word God in the program because. That was a major turnoff to me when I came here. I had a, a big aversion to religion. I had had some friends in childhood who had really tried to talk me into going to their church and to talk me into believing. And I just really was not convinced of religion. And so to see the word God, like Spencer said, it was almost like a, it was like a bad taste in my mouth and I didn't want to say it. And, um, it, it really was, created an aversion for me to the program. But um, but coming to meetings and hearing people share about step two really helped me with that as well. And and also in the reading that it refers to, you know, like Swayna said, it can be anything, including a doorknob. <laughs> um, it can be the meeting itself. It can be the people at the meeting. It can be, um, you know, whatever you want it to be. And you know, I, for me, I, I had to really pay attention to just the little, well, not so little things that happen out in the world too. And knowing that, you know, the, the, the sun rises every morning, regardless of what I do. And the sun sets every night, regardless of what I do. And something, some other force out there is controlling that. That's not me. <laughs> so, you know, f- the fact that, you know, plants grow and, people are breathing living things and all these functions are happening that I don't have control over was kind of um, spoke to the scientific part of my brain that really said, you know, something else is, is creating these things and and allowing them to be. So, so something that, that kind of uh, plays off that topic. uh, What about atheism? Can you still, uh, can you still work step two and be an atheist or can you, um, be in the program? Can you, can you believe in step two if you're an atheist? What, what is your take on that? I would say, uh, absolutely yes, but you have to get past your own preconceptions. Um, you know, you have to get past the, as a friend of mine, got really mad when somebody said to her, an atheist friend of mine got really mad when somebody said, so tell me about this God you don't believe in. Um, but I feel like people who strongly reject the notion of God have a picture mm-hmm. of what right. it is they're rejecting. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I've heard, but I've heard people say, yeah, you know, so uh, my dog is my higher power because my dog always lives in the moment and my dog loves unconditionally. And I find a lot of wisdom in my dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? That can work. Yeah. That can work. Uh, 
Um, and, and so it's, you know, we say Al-Anon is a spiritual program. It's not a religious program. And, and I believe, and this, you know, I mean, it's really hard for me to disentangle my personal beliefs here. Okay. Um, I believe there's something to me that is more than the chemicals reacting in my brain and, um, and, you know, so on that is making me what I am. Uh, and, uh, and I choose that to call that my spirit. Um, and that there are things that feed my spirit that are not food. They're not mm-hmm. exercise. I mean, you know, food feeds my body, exercise feeds my body self. Um, education speeds my intellectual self, but there are things that feed my spirit that are none of those. Um, I actually found a quote and, and, uh, in a book that I'm reading right now. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know who said this. This is, uh, uh, something that somebody said to the person who's writing the book said, in my work, in research, I know that I need to stay factual to follow the measurements. But when I'm holding my daughter in my arms, I know that there are things that can't be measured. Does that mean they are not real? Uh, and I think that we all have those personal experiences of things that we can't measure, things that maybe don't fit with science as we understand it, um, but we experience them. So what does that mean? Does that mean that, um, you know, there was some abnormal electrical activity in my brain and I was having a hallucination? Or does that mean that there's just something that happened that I can't explain? And these days I choose the second. Oh, do you have thoughts on Um, I think that uh, when I came into the program, I was a pretty hardcore atheist. Uh, just because I, I mean, I, you're right. I had this, I had this idea of a god that I was rejecting. That that god was a person that would only do good things to you if you prayed just the right way, and you know, um, arbitrary rituals, turned left in a circle, holding one foot in your hand. I don't know, something like that. And I thought that is just ridiculous. Like. What kind of God? Like, why would somebody want someone in power? Like, I didn't vote for this guy. This is not, it's not okay. Um, and I think it was my own form of protest at the time that I was like, I, you know, if the, if this is what God is, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, enable him with, I mean, I wasn't going to enable my, my God, just, you know, my alcoholic and my parents and my friends and all of that, but not, <laughs> not my higher power. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that's what I had the specific idea of, a, of a God that would only do good things if you asked him to and would only do it if you asked him to in the right way, which was just some arbitrary thing that he would decide on the spot. And, um, I didn't like that. And so when I started doing step two, I was really, I didn't really like the idea of God either because I was pretty mad at him. And, um, so, but I think, I mean, I, I was able to do this step as an atheist because it wasn't about finding God at all for me. It was about finding that there's a higher power. There's someone, there's someone, something that is in, that, that has more power than I do. And I mean, I didn't have the power to be serene. I didn't have the power to control someone else's behavior. And that's a power greater than me that can do that. Or even a, sometimes I would even say a different power, even if higher didn't make it into my consciousness. Like sure. if I was trying to control my mother or my boyfriend and trying to convince them that what I'm saying is right, unequivocally right, and they're clearly wrong, um, and they didn't listen to me, that, that was, it didn't necessarily mean that they were higher powers, that just they were different powers and that nothing, I mean, it's not that everything centers around me and I can control everything. And that's what this, the step was about for me is to realize who I am and realize that there are boundaries. And um, even just the realization helped me get serenity. So realizing that there are different powers than me sometimes was my higher power, things like that. It wasn't that I needed to um, break down what science or what isn't, how does this fit in with um, my job because I am a scientist and things like that. So, um yeah, that's, that's what I think being an atheist as like, like Spencer said, this is a spiritual program. It's about, I, for me, finding, finding out who I am and how I relate to the world around me. And, um, that doesn't have to be a floating dude with a beard in the sky. You know, <laughs> it can be anything you want, Thank doorknobs, goodness. dogs, <laughs> um, just something that helps bring you back to sanity. And if that's a photograph on your desk, that can, that's fine. 
that you don't have to be uh, religious, Bible thumping, whatever to, to do this. You can sure. not believe in God. If any of our listeners do have access to um, an AA big book, also, there is a chapter in the big book called We Agnostics. Mm. And without getting into the semantics of the difference between atheists and agnostics, yeah. um, it is a chapter also that just talks about how it is possible to work the program without believing in a traditional sense of a God. So if any of you are looking for some extra fun reading to do, I recommend checking that out. Um, I also wanted to read for you a little segment from step two to kind of touch on the second half of this step. And, and what book is that in? This, I'm sorry, this is in the book, How Al-Anon Works, and um, to touch on the idea of sanity. And this is the first paragraph of step two that says, one definition of insanity is performing the same action again and again, each time expecting to achieve a different result. Any of us who have been affected by the family disease of alcoholism have experienced this and other forms of insanity. Living with the effects of another's alcoholism has given us a lopsided view of life. Yet no matter how distorted our outlook or how out of control our lives seem, and regardless of the impact of the alcoholic's behavior, help is available to us. So I do think it's important to talk about... um, you know, just our individual definitions of sanity, what it, what it means to us, what it feels like, because I think that's, I think that's part of the experience too. That's also very different for each of us. I mean, for me, sanity means, um, you know, not feeling anxious, not feeling stressed out. And it, it also means being, being focused on, um, what's in my hula hoop to use a term that we use often in the program. Mm -hmm. When I say focused on my own issues and what I can control and my own feelings and my own actions, I feel much more sane than when I'm in those moments where I'm, um, you know, trying to control another's behavior. Mm -hmm. I actually had an experience uh, this week where I received an email from, one of my sales managers stating that um, the long and short of it was that he, he, he completely feels like I'm not doing my job at all. And he feels like I'm not performing. And, um, you know, I started to go to that insane place where I started to think about how can I control the outcome of this? How can I make him think differently of me? And how can I do, how can I meet his expectations, which, on a side note, I feel are totally out of line and unrealistic, but, um, you know, how, how can I, how can I control this outcome? How can I make this different? Mm -hmm. And actually at a meeting on Wednesday night, someone had shared a similar story that helped me realize that, you know, that was insanity because I don't have, all I can do is, is what I can do and all I can control is my actions. And so when I'm trying to spin things and twist them and create a different reality where he sees me in the light that he wants me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not being true to myself and it's, it's also taking my focus away from other things that are important to me mm-hmm. and, and help me be functional. And so, you know, I really have to realize that I can't, I can't necessarily meet his expectations without going to that place of insanity. So mm-hmm. um interested to hear what you what what your definition of insanity is, Swetha. Um I'm gonna piggyback off of you, Kelly. This is like roulette and you're just like, oh Spencer no. <laughs> never know. <laughs> but I'm gonna piggyback off of what you said. Um I I totally get what you're saying with that. Um for me sanity is I think I define it as being aware of who I am, regardless of what's going on around me. Um, and I have a, I've had a tendency in the past where if someone says something about me or acts a certain way around me, instinctively I'm like, oh my gosh, I must have done something. It, I'm clearly whatever it is they're thinking. If they're upset with me, I must be the most horrible person. If they're happy with me, I'm a great human being, things like that. And so I set my value entirely by what other people would say or how they would act around me. And so I was constantly scrambling to make sure that everyone thought I was good so that I could be good. Because if everyone didn't think I was a perfect human being, 
I wasn't. And um, coming into the program, I um, was able to realize who I was separate from everybody else. Because when I'm alone, I had no idea what I was um, because there's no one around to tell me. And I actually found that relieving because I didn't run around scrambling to be everything. I just thought, okay, neutral, wonderful. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for me, sanity is just realizing who I am and, um, and it kind of, yeah, a work story for me too, actually at work I'm, uh, doing, was doing some analysis on the computer and it's, it's a really computationally intensive analysis with a lot of data. So it, it goes really slow. And my boss, who's actually literally computer illiterate, and thought that he, you just pr- press a button and it shows up on the screen. It doesn't matter how much data or what you want it to do. He's like, why isn't it, why isn't it done yet? And I don't, I don't understand. Why are you taking so long? And instinctively I wanted to be like, I'm sorry. I'll do better. I'll make this better. I'm so sorry. And then I thought, I, I can't. This is it. I'm sorry, dude. You're going to have to wait about two days. <laughs> this is all I can do. <laughs> and I thought, um, you know, if, if he's going to fire me over this, that's fine. This is the best I can do. And, and maybe that'll be good for me. It'll be good for me to not be in a job where they expect me to do things that I can't physically do. Mm-hmm. And I'll be in a different job and that'll be okay. Or as I joked in another program, I'll marry rich and it'll still be okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, sanity is just realizing who I am and realizing that's okay. It doesn't have to be what everybody else wants me to be, that this is who I am and it might not be good enough for some people. It might be okay for some people, but it's definitely perfect for me in this moment right now. And that just, sanity's just being calm about that. What about you, Spencer? Well, since I had some time to think. (laughs) (laughs) She'll get you next time, Spencer. (laughs) I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. Yeah. Um, You know, so I started out thinking about the insanity. I started out Mm. thinking about the, you know, the the trying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe if I just hold my tongue slightly differently this time, you know, work. Okay. Um, if I just say, I mean, I think all of us have had this experience with, if I say, if I just say the right thing, Mm -hmm. then they'll understand and they'll do what I want them to do. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I, if I say it right this time, she'll realize how much, um, she's harming us by her drinking and she'll stop. Okay. That never worked, (laughs) but I kept trying and it never worked. Uh, and, uh, and, and it made me crazy. Um, and now, um, I still go into that, that cycle, that cyclic thinking, that worrying, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, sometimes we refer to it as that, that, uh, hamster wheel in, mm-hmm. in my head mm-hmm. where it just goes round and round and round and round and it, and it keeps coming back to the same thoughts over and over and, and I can't get off, you know, I can't get off. I can't get off that, that wheel. And by going to my higher power, by trying to step out of myself, and, and this can work even in the middle of the night when they're, you know, I really can't pick up the phone and make a phone call because um, one of the ways I get out of my head is by bringing, bringing it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. There are times when that's, that's not possible. Um, and, but I can, and, and it's still after, however many years in the program, it still takes for me a conscious effort of will to say, stop, to say, turn this over to, you know, to pray. And, and that's a word I still have trouble with. Um, I'm still not sure what that means for me. I'm, I'm figuring that out, but, um, because it doesn't mean, dear God, please give me a pony, you know? Um, <laughs> now I know what to get Spencer for his <laughs> <laughs> No, please do not give me a pony, okay? Um, <laughs> my daughter would love a pony, okay? But um, she can't fit it in her dorm room, so there we would oh, be. No. <laughs> uh, but, and, and, and when I can do that, when I can access my higher power, when I'm in that, that worry cycle, that anxiety cycle, um, then I can get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it can restore me to sanity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, you know, it, it's step two, but I'm still working on it. <laughs> Every day. Every day. I think, um, I don't know if I misinterpreted this, but I think you sort of touched on the idea, Spencer, of using the pause button. 
you know, that, that that is one of those mechanisms that I definitely use to help restore me to sanity too. When I'm in that squirrel cage or hamster wheel or whatever <laughs> type of mentality of craziness that, you know, my traditional way of reacting or responding to that is just just to blurt out the first thing that comes to my head or send off that email, mm-hmm. just using, taking all of that raw emotion and putting it into my response. And when I actually use my pause button, reach out to my higher power, say a little prayer, meditate for 30 seconds, just pull myself away from that situation, that that really is what helps restore me back to sanity. That then I, I pull myself out of the crazy I can see with clarity what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And then I can respond in a manner that is slightly more appropriate and less passive aggressive and is usually received much more positively by others. <laughs> so, um, you know, not just in the moment too. I mean, I've really been making a conscious effort lately to incorporate prayer and or meditation, um, first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and, and throughout the day even in moments when I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like when I'm in the habit of utilizing those tools, then when I do need them, they're much easier to access. You know, that's a good point. I, yeah. I, I probably don't do that as much as I should. Um, so um, I, I want to read another another quote here. This is from Anne Lamott from her book, Help, Thanks, Wow, The Three Essential Prayers. And, and you know, this is part of my, hey, figuring out how to pray thing. Um, she says... There's freedom in hitting bottom and seeing that you won't be able to save or rescue your daughter, her spouse, his parents, or your career. Relief in admitting you've reached the place of great unknowing. This is where restoration can begin, because when you're still in the state of trying to fix the unfixable, everything bad is engaged, the chatter of your mind, the tension of your physiology, all the trunks and wheel-ons you carry from the past. It's exhausting, crazy-making. Help. Help us walk through this. Help us come through. It is the first great prayer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what step two is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at least part of what step two is. It's like, you know, when I took step one, I'm powerless. My life is crazy. Mm-hmm. And if nothing came after that, there's not a lot of hope there. That's a pretty hopeless place to be. I'm crazy. I'm powerless. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we come to step two and say, no, there is something that can help, then we start to have the hope. Then we say it can change. It can change for the better. Mm-hmm. And, and step two points to a way that it can change. And, you know, it's not the only way I'm sure, but it is, it's a way that has worked for a lot of us. It's worked for me. Mm-hmm. It's my turn. Um, with, uh, yeah, definitely with, I really liked what you said, Kelly, that you can, that you meditate even when it's not necessary for you. I also don't do that hardly really at all (laughs) sometimes. Um, I usually meditate. I think I, especially at work, I, um, I go into, uh, I I take a bathroom break and go into the bathroom, shut the stall, sit, uh, cross-legged and um, meditate really quick just take a, a moment to pause and um, just pray and a lot of the times what all I a lot of the times um I don't pray for ponies uh, I <laughs> I want to though I sometimes I really would like a pony guys Christmas gifts <laughs> remember um, but uh, I I do I think in the past I used to think that when I prayed to a higher power I'd pray for what I want and um when I came to the program and really worked the steps and really thought about all of it, I realized most of the time all I want is to know that I'm safe and I'm loved. And so now when I go and sit in the bathroom stall and um, people keep trying to open the door because I usually sit cross-legged on the, on the toilet so they don't think anyone's in there. No, <laughs> but but it is a nice like moment <laughs> for me to just stop and think. There's a, There's a... A quote in Courage to Change that I, I can't remember what day it was, but essentially it says, um, be still and know that I'm with you. So I just close my eyes and try to be still and pray that I can just feel my higher power. And honestly, most of my crazy moments are when I feel alone and I'm scrambling to make sure that I'm not alone. 
And just taking that moment to pause and and feel not alone and feel okay helps me react in a better way. There's also an app on Google that uh, after a certain you can set what time, but after a certain time at night you can you can say at 10 p.m. and then if you start sending emails after 10 p.m., Google will automatically pop up on screen and say. It's after this time. Do you really want to send this message? And if so, you have to answer these five simple mathematical questions, like what's five plus two or something like that. And if you can't answer all five of them right, it says you try again later. <laughs> We're not sending this for the next 20 minutes. And This is the anti-drunk text. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> it is, but sometimes that actually... Um, I used to have that on Google for me because I I, I, I sent a lot of passive-aggressive, angry emails, inappropriate emails, Kelly, um, especially after 10 p.m. at night when I'm tired, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, this, the program just helped me not have to answer mathematical, pointless mathematical questions and just take that pause myself. And um, yeah, and that's that's how I use it. I think what I'm hearing from all of us is the idea that it sounds like we are looking to the outside from others to get our needs met. Mm-hmm. And really what this step is pointing out is that it's it's just about us and our higher power. If we're in touch with a higher power, all of the needs that we have will be met. Mm-hmm. We will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And we'll even if it's not a pony, we'll get what we're, <laughs> what we're supposed to receive. So Right. At least as far as our spiritual and emotional needs are concerned. Exactly, mm-hmm. yes. Maybe not the pony. <laughs> So after a short break, we'll be back with our lives in recovery, where we talk about the meetings we attend and what's happening in our lives. Right. So our song coming up is uh, Eric Clapton and Steve Winwood singing In the Presence of the Lord. And to me, this this song really speaks to the experience of step two. Um, I want to read a, a, a verse here. It says, I've fi- finally found a place to live just like I never could before. And I know I don't have much to give, but soon I'll open any door. Everybody knows the secret. Everybody knows the score. I've finally found a place to live in the presence of the Lord.
Welcome back. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery and what's happening in our meetings and our lives this week. So do you want to start us off, Spencer? What's been going on with you? Sure. Um, let me think. So um, Sunday, Sunday, I met with a sponsee and uh, then I went to a meeting and uh, I don't really remember the topic there. Um, so I won't talk about it. But uh, Wednesday night, uh, the Just for Today meeting, uh, the woman who shared... Um, Really, this this person is so open and so honest um, about the things that that ha- she's gone through in her life and the things that she's going through and and her progress in recovery. I think everybody in the room probably found something mm-hmm. um, in that share to relate to. And what I found to relate to was this uh, persistent feeling that if something bad happens, uh, it's probably my fault. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, that, uh, you know, and that I think that leads into why I think I need to fix things also. But, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it speaks to a certain, uh, I guess internal insecurity, um, feeling of uh, lack of self-worth that, you know, I'm still working on. Um, and, uh, and Friday night's meeting, the, the, um, young at heart meeting, uh, since it was the first meeting of the month, we talked about the step of the month, which, hey, it's February, so we talked about step two. <laughs> um, and at the, at the, uh, at the end of the meeting, uh, Swetha said to me, well, gee, we should have just recorded this meeting and we would have had the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, but I I felt it it was a good um, uh, rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. You know, sort of get get some of my thoughts in line, hear thoughts from other people. Um, I especially, uh, well, I think we all appreciated the the woman who uh, talked about having trouble saying God at first, but now she can say God, although sometimes she refers to him as goat. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and we all got to laugh from that, and it's always good to laugh in a meeting. How about you, Swetha? How was your week? Um, I had a great week. I really loved the meetings this week. Um, I was also there at Wednesday and uh, with with this woman that shared. It kind of made me think about the same things, about how a lot of times my instinctive reaction is to focus on how everything is my fault and I need to control everything. And that's how, how great step two is to, to deal with that and to realize that not everything is on me and that I can't control all things. And, um, thank God. And, uh, um, that's, that's, I, I really loved that share. And Friday, yeah, I it was perfect as well. It's about step two. I, uh, really liked, one of one of the people that shared there actually shared that even though she's been in the program for a while, she's still struggling with the idea of of God and a higher power, and that sometimes she just has the group as her higher power, which which is true for me too. Sometimes, I mean, even though I have a clear sense of my higher power, sometimes I um, just can't seem to access that feeling or can't seem I'm I'm not really open to feeling uh, connected to my higher power. And in those moments, sometimes I just think about, about the group. And at the end of every meeting, um, we say it works if you work it and you're worth it. And I think, well, there's a group full of about 20 people telling me I'm worth it. And, uh, I'm going to go with the democracy here and <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and defer to that, that idea. And then I, you know, sometimes I, I do that too, that sometimes my higher power is my group. And, uh, I, I love that about, um, about, uh, Friday night. I also went to an open talk on Saturday, um, but I can't say a lot about it. I had a lot of fun listening, but uh, I was in—I came in late, and I don't like walking in um, late. So I sat in the lobby and listened to it, and um, there was a lot of noise, so I only picked up parts of it. Um, but it was fun. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Well, I was also at the Wednesday night meeting, and uh, interestingly enough, I got a totally different message from you guys. What I heard from her was the idea of honoring the progress that you've made in the program. Mm. And I feel like every time she shares, she's, she's really good about that because she has come so far that the, the progression is obvious, is blatantly obvious with her, uh, more so than it is in, in some other people. And I forget to do that. You know, I forget to, take a look at, at the work that I have done because it's so easy to just notice the things that I'm not working on or that I'm not doing a good enough job at. So, so that was a great message for me to hear. And then, um, I'm also part of a bi-weekly prayer and meditation group, which is actually kind of appropriate for the topic of today's podcast. 
And so that's really been um, stretching my mind and kind of challenging the ways in which I utilize prayer and meditation and the techniques that I use. And um, hopefully uh, once we meet a few more times, I'll have some some tips to share with the listeners. But it's really just been good to hear several other people's perspective on what they do and how they pray and when and et cetera. So, so that's been really beneficial. So, so Kelly, um, I know you were traveling a lot and how did you, while you were on the road, how did you keep in touch with your program? (laughs) Um, it's, it's pretty tough for me actually. Um, as I had mentioned to Swayza yesterday, (laughs) um, I don't really have days off when I'm traveling. The weekends I'm also working. And so it was, you know, about, about almost three weeks straight of working from morning till night. And so it's very tricky, but I do my best, uh, to make a meeting if I can, which is rare, but, um, but it does happen on occasion. Uh, I definitely make sure to bring my literature and, even if it's just a few minutes before I fall asleep, squeeze in some reading. But I do have um, a fair number of sponsees, and that's the best way for me to keep in touch with my program when I'm traveling is to make sure that when I have periods of time when I'm driving, that I schedule phone calls with them um, or just other contacts um, that I know in the program just to get somebody on the phone. And even if nothing's happening, even if I'm not stressed out or freaking out, just to just to hear that voice of connection to the program that just reminds me to keep going and and to do what I'm doing and to you know pray and meditate and to do all the things that I need to do to keep myself sane so that I can continue to function so yeah it's not perfect that's for sure but but I do the best I can so <laughs> So our topic next week will be, what is Al-Anon? We welcome your thoughts, and you can join the conversation. Please leave a voicemail or send us an email with your experience or questions about the topic of what is Al-Anon. Spencer, how can people send us feedback? Well, you can call and leave a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Again, put the, put the podcast on pause if you've got a thought about what is Al-Anon. Um, you know, put it on pause and give us a call at 734-707-8795. Or if you prefer not to use your voice, you can send an email to feedback at com. And we'd really love to hear from you. If, if you want to, um, you know, talk to us with your thoughts about step two, today's topic, or if you um, uh, want to talk about next week's topic, again, um, give us a call or, or send us an email. And actually... Um, you know, I'd like to get, uh, we'd like to get as many voices as possible into, um, next week's show. And so, uh, we really would encourage you to, uh, to call us or, or email us, uh, with, you know, just a short thought about, you know, what does Alanon mean to you? What is it? Um, because, well, I, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna jump ahead here. Um, we had an email, um, on the Recovered Cast, um, podcast, the Recovered Podcast, um, and this, uh, this person, which is, a, it's a recovery podcast, uh, more aimed at AA. And this, um, Kyle L wrote in and said, Hey, cast, I wanted to give you some feedback because of some questions I have. Basically, it's for Spencer because I participate in that podcast also. Coming from only an AA background, I don't really have much background information on Al-Anon and how it works. Maybe you could do an episode about Al-Anon and explaining it for some re- listeners. Whenever it comes to Spencer, sometimes I don't really get what he's talking about. <laughs> Have a blessed day. And so um, we thought, well, yeah, um, you know, I bet there's some people out there who are wondering, well, what is this Al-Anon thing anyway? And uh, um, so we thought for our 10th episode, seemed appropriate, 10, right? It's a milestone there. Um, we would do that. And uh, and so if if you want your voice to be heard, um, please, please let us know. Um, We'll be uh, probably recording a week from today, which would be February 10th. And uh, if so, if you can get uh, get it to us before then, uh, we'll try to try to get it into the uh, the episode. Another way that you could contribute to our content would be um, to leave comments um, on the website. And uh, you know, we've had some comments on the website, and 
Um, also, you know, we post these daily meditations, and, and so far it's been mostly me and Swetha doing that. And, uh, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there with, with bits of wisdom that, that you'd like to share. And if you have a thought, um, a daily meditation, uh, the way we format it, it consists of a quote or a lyric or a verse, maybe from a song or a poem, and then your thoughts that that, that inspires in you to, to, that makes you think. Um, we usually have a have a, a photo and maybe a, a song that goes with it. Um, but uh, if you if you want to send one to us, uh, we'd love to we'd love to have it. Thanks. And uh, and Swetha, um, where can our listeners find out more about the Recovery Show? Because you know, it looks like most of our listeners are getting the podcast from like iTunes feed or something, and so um, we need to remind them that there's there's more information available. Where is that? You can get more information about The Recovery Show on our website, therecoveryshow.com. It has all the information about the show, including notes for each episode, a blog with daily meditations, links to the music we play, and a page to which we periodically post recordings of Al-Anon Open Talk speakers. We've also got a few links to other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. Another way to contribute to the content of the podcast and the website is to leave comments on the show notes or on the blog. Just hop on over to therecoveryshow.com and enter a conversation there. Spencer, what's in the mailbag this week? Yeah, well, we already read Kyle's mail, but we also got an email from Meg Kay who wrote, I just wanted to let you know how grateful I am to have found your podcast on iTunes. I have been a member of Al-Anon for close to 15 years, but hadn't been attending meetings regularly until this past summer when my husband relapsed into active alcoholism. Since then, my home group and a few other area meetings have really saved my life. Recently, my young son had a sports injury that has resulted in a surgery. Because of this, I have not been able to make it to my meetings. I found the podcast of your show, and I'm so grateful to now be able to listen to a meeting anytime, which has been a lot of the time. Please keep up this wonderful work and know that there are people out there like me who really appreciate what you're doing. And, and Meg, we really appreciate that you took the time um, to write to us. Um, and we're so grateful that, that we can be there for you um, because you and others like you are, are one of the reasons that we're doing this and probably the main reason that we're doing this is to reach out to people who need to hear the message and maybe can't make it to a meeting or don't have enough meetings. Um, and we had Kyle's email. Um, we're, we are in the iTunes store where Meg found us. Um, and, you know, Meg, that also uh, makes me feel um, some sense of value for the, the time that I put in to trying to make our podcast findable in the iTunes store because iTunes says that, that you can search about things in the description of the show. Well, when I do that, our show doesn't show up, and neither do a lot of others. Um, so it took me a while to figure out how to get it to show up, for example, when you type in Al-Anon in, in iTunes, but now it does. And, uh, so if, if you, uh, if you like us, um, you know, please write us a review on iTunes and, and give us a rating. You know, five stars is great. We love that. Mm. But whatever <laughs> you feel we're worth. Be honest. <laughs> uh, do be honest. Yeah. Um, because the more reviews and the more subscriptions that we get in iTunes, the more visible we'll be for someone who's looking for help. Um, and this week we did get a five star review titled The Best. Melinda wrote, This is a fantastic Elanon podcast, heartful, articulate, honest, and brave. And, Melissa, uh, Melinda, we really thank you for those those kind words. Just to reiterate what Spencer said, we really do appreciate the listener feedback, so keep it coming. And we're going to close the show now with a song called Next to Me by Emily Sanday. And actually, I just heard this song for the first time uh, the other day. I was driving in a, in the car with a friend of mine. It came on the radio. And I uh, was really initially caught by the catchy tune. And then I started listening to the lyrics and realized it would be very appropriate for our podcast topic today. Um, one of the verses says, When the money's spent and all my friends have vanished and I can't seem to find no help or love for free, I know there's no need for me to panic because I'll find him. I'll find him next to me. And so to me, that just really speaks of the idea that uh, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how badly I've messed up or how bad I think things are, my higher power is still there to help me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you're facing today, please feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. All 
I'm sitting on top of a rock in the middle of scrub desert in northern Utah with this amazing sense of vastness and the presence the presence of the Spirit of God here with me and this is one of the ways one of the places that I I feel my higher power around me and can let myself loose a little bit and be in the presence of something much bigger than myself and maybe in the process restore a little bit of sanity to my life. <laughs>